are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's play it, everybody, on a Monday, July 27th and a Tuesday, July 28th. It is Locked On Lions right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Indeed, Matt Derry with you, brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Training camp starts tomorrow in Allen Park for your Honolulu Blue and Silver Gladiators. Can you believe this? Now, it's not the normal training camp. Players aren't going to be in full pads until like August 17th. But we'll run down the schedule and tell you what to expect coming up in a little bit here on Locked on Lions. Also, our guest today, I found him. Um, I'm not going to take full credit for finding him. <laughs> My friends at the Believe Podcast uh, Network will 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 help. Well, Cam Rogers and and all them help me out with this. But Caleb Campbell is going to join us. Yes, that Caleb Campbell. Do you remember Caleb Campbell from 2010? Like drafted in 20 uh, 2008, finally got on the Lions in 2010 from Army. The linebacker. He was like a cult hero around here. Where is he now? We're going to hear from him. He's going to join me in a little bit here. On the program. Follow us on Twitter at Derry Speaks, D E R Y Speaks, at Locked On Lions. Also, the Matt Derry Facebook fan page as well. It'll be a lot of fun to check in with Caleb Campbell. Wait till you hear his story and how you can kind of find out what he's doing now. The guy is absolutely uh, remarkable. It has turned his complete, uh, it has turned his life around completely. All right, training camp. The Lions will report to Allen Park tomorrow. Here's what's going to go on. First and foremost, the Lions roster is at 89 right now until they sign their seventh-round pick, Jayshon Cornell. The Lions have two options. All right, Cut the roster down to 80 players or keep 90 and split the roster into what they're calling split squads. They consist of rookies and first-year players in one group and veterans in the other. Teams have already started making cuts, including the Dolphins getting rid of Jake Rudock, the Patriots cutting Brian Lewerke, uh, no word yet on what the Lions are going to do. All right, so they report tomorrow. Players will come in this week, and all they're going to do is COVID testing. All right? They'll be tested daily. They won't be allowed in the building during this time. They can still have virtual meetings. That's it. That's your training camp for this week. They're going to come in the building I should say they're going to go to, I think, an area outside of the building, like a tent, and get tested, and that's it. Then next week, team personnel will be able to perform physicals on players. And this all comes from Tom Pellicero of NFL Network as he got a leaked memo uh, from last weekend, uh, this past weekend, and uh, he put it out there. Teams also may have virtual meetings um, next week, but that's it. So COVID testing for the first couple weeks, basically August, uh, July 28th through August 2nd. Then August 3rd, next week, players uh, can, C-A-N, go through strength and conditioning. So that's eight days. August 8th, a day off. August 3rd through the 11th with August 8th off. Teams will have 60 minutes of weight room time, 60 minutes of on-field conditioning per day. Only strength and conditioning coaches are allowed to participate in these sessions. Also, teams will be permitted to perform walkthroughs for 60 minutes on the first four days and 75 minutes for the last four days. 
Then August 12th is called a ramp-up period. Practices will start for as long as 90 minutes and increase by a maximum of 15 minutes per day with a maximum total at the end of 120 minutes. So on August 12th and 13th, Phase 2, helmets and protected shirts permitted. August 14th, non-padded practice, no live contact permitted. Day off August 15th. And August 16th, a non-padded practice as well. But teams have to cut their roster down on August 16th from 90 to 80. All right? If you uh, elected to keep 90 people. Then we fast forward to Monday, August 17th. Full contact practices with pads are allowed with a maximum of four, for 14 full contact practices from the August 17th to September 6th. All right? No preseason, and then the Lions open up September 10th against the Bears. <laughs> That's training camp. Oh, my goodness gracious. Does that make any sense to you? And here's the other thing. We saw this today with Major League Baseball, too. All right? We could be in some serious trouble here with COVID because Major League Baseball, while they haven't said anything yet while we're recording this, they've got issues with the Miami Marlins who have 14 positive tests from over the weekend. Baseball may have to shut down. There's a chance. But that's what training camp looks like. So how you are going to determine who's playing well and who's not with no preseason, with no um, uh, mixed practices with other teams, with no scrimmages, it's going to be very, very difficult. Very difficult. All right. Former Lion Caleb Campbell. What's he doing now? And does he think these, these – the, 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 would he opt out? Would he play with everything that's going on here? We'll get into it with him coming up next. It'd be great to catch up. Uh, with Caleb. Uh, first, though, with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models with your car, it's impossible to stock up on all the auto parts you need in a, at a traditional chain storefront. That's why you need to use the web, and that's why you need to go to one website and one website only, and that is rockauto.com. All right, that's rockauto.com. You need fuel pump assembly help, brake parts, engine control modules, you want to buy motor oil or even new carpeting for your car or truck, go to Rock Auto. Go to rockauto.com because they're the best and their prices are reliably low. Their catalog online is unique. It's easy to navigate. Go to the website, see it for yourself. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle. Choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. All right? Why would you leave the house right now with everything that's going on with the virus and everything else when you can just shop online at rockauto.com? Plus, as I said, prices are very low, and they're the same for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Go to the website again, rockauto.com. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. I'm kind of going to go back in time a little bit, a little where are they now here on a Monday as we get ready for training camp to open. A guy that uh, Lions fans remember quite well from back in 2010, was drafted by the Lions out of West Point, then had to wait before uh, playing for Detroit for a year. Caleb Campbell joins us on the show today. What's up, buddy? 
<laughs> not much. Enjoying this uh, Southern California weather. So uh, crazy. I get, I get uh, you know, you're doing some, some podcasting work now. A PR guy reaches out, says, you want to talk to Caleb Campbell? I said, oh, my gosh, what a blast from the past. It's been a long time, man, since you've been uh, in Detroit, right? It has been. Uh, those memories are some memories that I hold really close and dear to my heart, but it has been a while since I've actually physically been back to Detroit. You got drafted in 08, but you didn't play until 2010, uh, you know, finishing up your military time. And what do you remember about uh, your time with the Lions? Oh, man. I think it was like, uh, it was a little twofold because it was kind of on one side, I'm, I'm accomplishing and fulfilling a childhood dream, you know, um, playing in the National Football League or getting drafted. That was the first step for me. Uh, but there was a lot of underlying things happening in my life at that time as well. I, I think that time was such a a critical time in my life. It was just when I feel like a lot of the the pressures that I have internalized, a lot of fear that I had internalized, a lot of kind of inner uh, what I would call like inner child wounding uh, that I had internalized and suppressed for so many years became to uh, kind of surface, I guess you could say. So at the time of the Lions, there was just a lot going on during that that season of life with me. So you weren't exactly mentally or emotionally even prepared to, to play in games, were you? No, I honestly really was. And that's the, that's the crazy thing. Is when I look back at that time period of my life, I was by far the most in physical shape I've ever been. I was, I, I would say, like, you know, kind of a machine. I could run uh, four four forty, it's 235 pounds. My change of direction was everything that, you know, coaches and scouts loved and why I even had a chance in the NFL was that change of direction speed. And by physical appearance and physical attributes, I was ready, but there was just that emotional side of things of fear um, just that really plagued me in, uh, in ways that I couldn't even comprehend. Caleb Campbell with me, the former Lion, uh, doing so many different things, and I want to get into that. And now is actually a good time to talk to you because of all, all the things you're doing, um, you know, in the community and certainly to help people. But, you know, you, you go back to, to, to 2010, the, the league, it, it's changed a lot in, in 10, 11 years, hasn't it? It has. Uh, and I think it's going to keep changing. I think just there were great athletes, you know, when I was back uh, with the Lions, the athletes that were on the field were just phenomenal and not to take anything away from them but man maybe you can agree with this but i feel like just the speed of the game is just getting faster every single year oh i don't think there's any question about it and i think now that and they're going to try to play and and obviously training camp's supposed to open tomorrow but they're not really going to get on the field until august 12th and i want to get all that uh i want to get into all of that with you take me back though because this is a lion show what what stands out? What do you remember most about Detroit and maybe the organization if you go back 10 years? Oh, man, that's a good question. I think what just stands out with Detroit, you know, I, I sincerely mean this. When I got drafted and I came, went to Detroit, I, you know, don't know if I had ever felt up to that time period of my life more accepted and more loved by a community than I did with Detroit. And that is something that I tell over and over whenever people ask me about that season of my life. I sincerely, I'm not just saying this because we're on a podcast, I fell in love with Detroit and more specifically I fell in love with the people of Detroit. And so that was just a very good season of life for me. I think in my life for so long I have kind of tried to understand what is home 
uh, where do I belong in life? And even though I was working out a lot of emotional challenges in my life during that season, there was something so uh, comforting knowing that in that season of my life, I did find a home. I did find where I belonged for that season. And it was reinforced by my relationships uh, with the people in Detroit. And so, like I said, yeah, that's something I hold really special. As far as the organization goes, um, you know, it was uh, up and down, as anyone could imagine. <laughs> Uh-oh. You're ba- you, but, sound like, uh, you sound like you're being nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I think a, a big part of, I think, succeeding in the NFL is, sure, you got everybody's fast. Everybody is athletically talented, right, in the NFL. Sure, there are some standout players that – surpass everyone else but I think there is something to be said about the chemistry of the team and not just the chemistry of the team but the chemistry of the coaches and how everyone relates together Um, and I felt like when I was in Detroit that was just something that was missing I got along really well with the players Um, some of the guys there uh, you know just I can remember just the the laughs in the meeting room uh, we just had so many great times, so many great memories together. Uh, but it was just kind of hard to vibe uh, with some of the coaches, even though they're exceptional coaches and exceptional people. There was just some chemistry lack, and I would say. So overall, a great experience. You know, it's wild to think you. Here we are in 2020, and I'm not saying nothing's changed, but certainly the Lions have gone through a lot of different coaches, uh, a couple of uh, other uh, new GMs since you've been gone. I think the only people that you uh, played with back then that are still with the team, I think, are Matthew Stafford and Don Muehlbach, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that would be right. So, uh, did you know? Yeah. Did you realize back then that, that Matt Stafford would be as good as he, he would be? Yes, definitely. You knew that he, if he could stay, you know, away from career-ending injuries, really, he had everything that uh, it took to be just absolutely exceptional and create a legacy. All right, so now here you are. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing. Um, I, I, you've got a couple of podcasts. Um, you're, you've kind of taken, I guess, your experiences of what you had with football in the military and putting it to good use, aren't you? Yeah, I think so. I think when I left the NFL, you know, I went from Detroit, had a short stand with, uh, stand with the Indianapolis Colts, and then I ended up in Kansas City for a year. And it was when I was at Kansas City, I think I really began uh, – and to say this, you know, to be dramatic, but I began to self-destruct in life um, in a real way where I knew that if things didn't kind of change and change soon, it was just a matter of time. I would say, honestly say, before my parents got a, a phone call uh, notifying them that their son wasn't with them anymore, it was just a really dark season of life for me. I think I hit it really well. I could hide behind uh, the facade of being a West Point graduate and Army officer and a an NFL hopeful, you know, player, but on the inside, I was, I was screaming for help. It was probably some of the darkest seasons of my life. And when I got released from the Kansas city chiefs, I decided that it was time to actually walk away from football for good. Uh, I had to go figure out what was going on with my heart. Long story short, I actually ended up in Canada for five years, um, going through what I would say pretty much extensive and in depth, uh, therapy, just cognitive, a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy, a lot of inner child healing, trauma, emotional trauma therapy, uh, just trying to understand what was happening in the deeper parts of my life, in the deeper parts of my, my soul, my heart. And those five years revolutionized my life, changed my life, uh, 
I experienced so much clarity, so much understanding and breakthroughs in my life. And now I just have this amazing opportunity to uh, create space for people, whether it's young adults, uh, high school kids, middle school kids, or even just adults, create space for people to help them better understand and mirror back to them what's going on in their lives. I found that when I walked away from the NFL, you know, it wasn't just about football. It was football was a way of life for me. It was the way that I found acceptance in the world and validation in the world. It's the way that I found right. um, my place in the world. And so when I walked away from football, it wasn't a game. I had no idea who I was or what I was doing in this world, how I would contribute. I lost everything. And so there was that season of life we call kind of navigating through liminal space as, you know, one way of life has ended, but the new way of life has not yet emerged. And I became, I guess you can say, very aware of that season of my life. And if you look at anybody, whether you're a professional athlete or not, you know, we all go through and travel through those seasons of liminal space, whether we're walking away from a career path or we lost a job or the death of a loved one or the relationship finally ended. And we walk away from one way of doing life. And there's that season, whether it's short or long, of kind of the unknown and the uncertainty before we step into a new way of life. And so what I try to do with all my work, my podcast, my content, my, my speaking opportunity is just to create that space where people can better understand how to navigate that season of liminal space. The West Point graduate, the former Lions linebacker Caleb Campbell uh, with me here, mental health speaker, podcaster, five years, you just said, uh, to, to find yourself. Um, some people would say... I was, I was really lost. <laughs> No, I think some people would say, "Well, then, how did you survive? Did did you did you work while you were doing that? What what, what types of what type of life were you living at that point?" Yeah. So, funny thing is, I actually um, randomly found a, and this was so random because I was on Twitter at my aunt's house in Colorado when I knew something in my life had to change, and I got on Twitter and all social media platforms. I got on Twitter. And I found this tweet from a church in Canada. It was a non-denominational, just Christian church, and I grew up in a Christian church. Um, and I, for whatever reason, really, really resonated with the, the series of tweets that they were sending out on their timeline. And I got in my car, and I drove to Canada, and I have no idea why. It was just this very, very strong knowing in my heart. And I walked into this church, and I basically said, I need help. Can you guys help me? And I remember it like it was yesterday that my pastor at that church is actually going to be marrying my fiance and I here in a few short weeks. Nice. Um, he looked. He looked at me and he said, "Absolutely." And so I actually essentially became a janitor of a church. Um, worked as a janitor of a church. Uh, helped out at the church in every way possible. Uh, helped in every way that I could, and they just you know created a safe space for me to begin to do my healing journey. Wow, that's crazy. That's unbelievable. <laughs> so I, I'm sure you didn't want to leave. Uh, I mean, certainly you, you got to move on, but um, right. what what a job that, the, that they did for you, right? Yeah, they really did. Um, and it's it was a challenging time when I knew it was time to leave, uh, but their family, they've done a great job at just uh, being there for me, creating space in my life so that I could see what I needed to see. Um, I think a lot of times when we step into like those kind of situations and we're looking for help, a lot of times we're, what we're really asking whether you're aware of it or not, we're asking somebody to tell us the answer. What do we do? Do I go left? Do I go right? Do I stay? Do I leave? Tell me what do I do? And 
I would say that that's the one thing that they did not do. Uh, they didn't give me answers. They just created a safe space for me to do the reflection and ask the right questions so that I could determine the answer for myself. Um, and I think that was just such a pivotal part of my transformational journey and also what I try to do with other people. All right, so you're in California now. How long have you been there, and, and what's your day-to-day, you know, what's your 9-to-5 like? Yeah, well, I, yeah, I've been in L.A. for about two years. When I was in Canada, I was sitting, uh, you know, at the back of the church one day, and I was just like, oh, my gosh, it's time to leave. And long story short, I got a, a Instagram message from a woman in Los Angeles that asked if she could fly me out to Los Angeles to collaborate on a project. She had a big company out here. She flew me out to Los Angeles and we didn't actually work together, but I was walking on the beach at five in the morning before I was getting on my return flight back to Canada or Buffalo, New York. And I, that's when I realized like, oh my gosh, I didn't come out here to work with her. I came out here because I'm supposed to move to LA. And I've been here for about two years and LA has uh, become home for me. It's become a place that I have grown exponentially and met great people, met my beautiful fiance and really just enjoying life in ways that I've never been able to tap into or otherwise enjoy. And so I spend my time a lot of, in a lot of different ways, but mainly before uh, the quarantine happened, I have been speaking extensively at um, schools, universities, uh, um, summits or conferences, and sometimes camps, and really just about emotional wellness. Um, I try to just tell my story in a way that relates to other people and give them the language that better help understand their own stories. And really just trying to do my part of removing the stigma around any sort of mental health challenges that people face so that we can really get to the root of some of these issues that are keeping people stuck and miserable in life. What's your message now during during COVID? How much has it changed, or or maybe now people need to hear from you because this has been obviously since March a very difficult time for many people. Yeah, I think uh, I think in a lot of ways I've taken some time during quarantine as well. I feel like a lot of what I preach is self care, and I've realized in this season a lot has transitioned in my own life, um, and so I've been really practicing what I preach and just kind of practicing some self care, taking some time off of social media platforms and from podcasting and really just making sure that my heart space is good and making sure my relationship with my fiance is, you know, just pouring love into that. And so that's been really important for me, but also during this time period, like I had said earlier, I think so many people's lives are shifting and I think our natural response to the uncertainty is to kind of close down, um, that, that natural fear gripping response. But I think a lot of my message is, you know, I think the season of life is, it's a mirror for so many of us to open our eyes, to see what the, what the universe or what God, whatever you believe in is trying to show us. I think anytime we're in seasons of transition, we kind of get to see things that otherwise we wouldn't see when we're just kind of wrapped up in the mundane way of doing things or the ordinary routine to our lives. I think a lot of times, whenever pressure hits, right? Whenever you put some pressure on your life, and I think for so many of us, uh, we're feeling a lot of pressure, a lot of things that have been kind of lying dormant, emotional baggage that's been kind of hidden, well hidden, is going to begin to rise to the surface. And what oftentimes I tell people during this season is this not the time to beat yourself up. 
right? If something is rising to the surface and some things that you haven't dealt with are kind of peeking their head um, from around the corner, like, that's good. That's amazing. Like, don't get mad at yourself because you're acting out in X, Y, and Z ways. Like, see it as an opportunity to grow. Right. See it as an opportunity to become a better version of who you are today. All right, Caleb Campbell, a former Lion, uh, with me. Tell me about what you think um, of the NFL saying they're going to go ahead and play. If you were a player, would you consider opting out? Is it safe? What's running through your mind as you read this stuff? Yeah, it's um, it's just such an unpredictable, um, just an unpredictable thing to, to, to really navigate. So much uncertainty. But I think if we have all the necessary protocols in place, especially with players, um, you know, getting tested regularly and having that uh, at their disposal, I think they could still play. Um, I just don't understand, honestly, how you can play a sport, nevertheless football, but play any sport with no crowd. Like, the energy that comes from a crowd, um, and I don't know if, honestly, I'm, I'm in the dark here, if, if football is saying that they're going to open up stands. If they're opening up stands, I'm thinking that's just the stupidest thing that we can do. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're saying, about, they're saying about 15 to 20% of the fans, but again, I mean, we, we have a couple of more months to go, but they're, yeah. they're, they're saying they're going to open training camps tomorrow, but really no one's going to get on the field for a while because it's all going to be testing and then getting yep. guys out of there, you know? Yeah, I think that's a, a good way of going about it. Um, but, yeah, I think the fan base just – I feel sorry for the fans. Um, it, it's just unfortunate that this has all transpired the way that it has. But, again, I keep thinking about playing a sport with no fans and not having that energy to draw from. I just find that so challenging. You really, I just remember when they activated you off, I don't know if you were on, the, I think you were on the practice squad, and then they made you active for the last few games. People were so excited. Yeah. People were so excited just to see you on the kick team, on the kick uh, coverage <laughs> team, brother. I, I totally remember that. Yeah, I had a good time. I remember, uh, yeah, I was activated. I wasn't supposed to be activated with the Cowboys, and I got activated with the Cowboys, and that was officially my first NFL game, and then the next game was with, I think, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I had three solos on the special teams. Uh, that was a big that was a big moment for me, um, just getting my hands dirty and getting in the mix of things. No, no question about it. Well, Caleb, it was uh, great catching up with you. People can follow you uh, on Twitter, find you online. Uh, you're everywhere. Um, great to catch up. Uh, tell, me, tell me about the podcast and where people can find that, by the way. Yeah, so my podcast is just called Finding Your Way, um, and it's essentially everything we've been talking about on the podcast and just for people who feel lost in life, don't know, you know, what's next. Maybe you feel like you're doing everything you can to move your life forward, but something is still missing that, that lack of fulfillment or contentment in life, or maybe you just walked away from a job or a relationship or the loss of a loved one. And you don't know how to navigate that season of loss and grief that accompanies it. Uh, my podcast finding your way is just really a safe space that where we have those hard conversations to help people navigate those seasons of transition. It was a lot of fun, Caleb. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Caleb Campbell, the former Detroit Lion. Follow him on Twitter at Caleb underscore Campbell. You heard about the podcast and everything else that he's doing. He is a, a fantastic, fantastic guy and getting married in a couple of weeks. That'll do it for another edition of Locked On Lions training camp opening tomorrow. Can you believe it? We'll talk about it tomorrow right here on the program.